making sure that they know that they are being heard, that they are being understood. I think that's the most important part of having them produce their best work. It's that having them feel as though they're a part of the team and that they can contribute. Hi, I'm Nils Vinda, and you're listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast, a show dedicated to demystifying leadership development one conversation at a time. Each week, I sit down with leaders in the B2B space to discuss their journey and what they've learned along the way. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous, and the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard, You just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be. Hello and welcome to another episode of the B2B Leadership Podcast. My name is Nils Vinya and today my guest is Kathy Susich. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nils. Nice to be here. Well, it's nice to be here with you too, Kathy. And before we get started, would love for you to share with me and our audience the role that you're in today and the company that you work for. Sure. I am Vice President of Marketing at Dimensional Insight. We are a data and analytics company based in the Boston area. We do have some offices around the country and around the world. So offices in Florida, Green Bay, San Diego, as well as over in the Netherlands, Panama and China. Wow, that is a worldwide office setting. So that's really cool. Could you share a little bit more about the analytics side and the data side and what types of problems do you guys solve? Sure. Well, in the United States, uh, we primarily work in a few different verticals. So healthcare, and most of our customers in healthcare are hospitals or health systems. So helping them better understand the data that's in their EHRs, but also tying that together with other data in their organization. We also work with wine and spirits companies, which I know is uh, very interesting when you think about both healthcare and wine and spirits. But both industries are highly complex, highly regulated. And then a third industry that we're just starting to get into, which is similar in the fact that has highly regulated data, is the cannabis industry. Oh, interesting. I can only imagine the fascinating things on the data side in that area because and it's so new too in the last it is very new yes and um there are a lot of people who are getting into it and trying to figure it out trying to figure out what data they have on hand of course different states have different regulations we help people bring their data together visualize it and then make better decisions based on that Wow. Bring data together, visualize it, make better decisions. Sounds like a winning combination and highly regulated, highly complex, and um, just so many questions that have to be asked about all those bees in all those industries. So very cool. Wonderful to learn a little more about Dimensional Insight. Now let's talk about you and would love to hear how you got into your first leadership position. 
Sure. Well, this is actually my first leadership position at Dimensional Insight. I have a long career in the communications industry. So I started off right out of college. Uh, well, I did college radio at Dartmouth College, and I was at very Dartmouth. In- yes. Nice. I was very interested in broadcasting, and so when I left, I went to work for a TV station in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, and then went to work for another TV station in Boston as a news writer and producer. TV news was, it was very fast-paced. It was very challenging. There were really highs and lows in it. Ultimately, I decided that I wanted to do something a little bit different with my communication skills, and so I went to work for a public relations agency. I was there for about nine years, and then I did some freelance work, and then I got a job at Dimensional Insight. So I started at Dimensional Insight in a part-time social media and PR role. I still had very young kids at home. I wanted to work on a part-time basis. After a few years, I moved to full-time and moved my way up in the marketing department, and now I'm leading the department. That's wonderful. What an incredible career. I want to dig into a couple pieces of that that you mentioned. Now, the, the, the broadcast journalism and TV station world, you said it was really fast-paced and there were some highs and lows. So I'm curious for the leadership lessons that you learned in that environment that helped shape the type of leader that you are today. Sure. Well, I I would say the the lessons that I learned from that role, uh, maybe maybe you could call it an anti leadership lesson. That's still a, still a lesson, <laughs> but not to do. Let's call it that. <laughs> yes, as I said, it was it was very fast paced, but ultimately I found that the people who I looked up to as leaders, and and this is this is certainly not everyone who I worked with. But I tended to see that there was a very big focus on the product that we were producing, the TV news shows, but not so much was given to the employees. You know, in particular, I found that when I needed time off, whether it was being sick or having big life events. You know, there was, I remember one time when I really wanted to go to my friend's wedding and was told, no, you may not do that. And, uh, and, and for me, you know, this was, this wasn't just, I, I want to have a day off or a couple days off to do something personal, but this was a big life event. Just the feeling that me as a person was not being valued that helped in my decision to uh, look to leave the broadcasting business. And, and I think about that a lot these days as a leader and, and the people who work for me, their needs really need to come first. And if you don't have happy employees, they're not going to give you their best effort. Supporting people's personal lives, I think helps the company in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when that uh, decision came back that, no, you cannot go leave for this, you know, um, friend's wedding event, what was the reason that they gave you? Was it just like, no, because, you know, we didn't want to say no? Or did they have an actual reason why this was not going to happen? It it was May Sweeps, which 
In in TV news, sweeps is it, it's when all of the ratings come in, and so uh, we could not take time off during sweeps period. There's a lot of parallels, right, between that environment and really any other employment environment. There is always going to be a version of May sweeps going on at some point through the year, whether it's a product launch, a marketing launch, a rebrand of the company, a rebrand of a campaign, whatever it is. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard of very similar stories from my clients over the years saying that, you know, I was told like, like now is not a good time to take vacation is usually the line that's delivered. And what I love hearing is your side of what it felt like. It felt like you were not being valued as a person and you weren't being respected as a person. That's exactly what happens today. Even if it's not May sweeps, it's some other big event. But the reality is there's always going to be a big event on the horizon, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's fascinating. Okay, so when you got out of the the broadcast side of things, take us through the next kind of phase. And then I want to get into a little bit about when you decided to take some time off to focus on your children and having a family and what that transition was like, you know, going from the professional working world, one in a, you know, super high, intense, fast paced environment, and then taking time for you personally, and then coming back into the workforce. We'd love to unpack that a little bit. Sure. As I said, I spent nine years uh, working at a PR agency. At the time, I mean, I I loved the work of, number one, using my communication skills to uh, support businesses. And, you know, we worked with a lot of startup companies. And so it was very exciting as companies were starting out and helping them, helping support them in terms of getting the word out about their businesses. And I, I loved being a, a team player on that. And at the time, I, I really didn't want to be in a leadership role. I think I was still a little burned out from my experience in TV news, but I just I wanted to support the company and use my skills in that way. Okay, that's a really interesting point. Let me pull on that thread just a little bit. You didn't want to be in a leadership role. So even though you had left this toxic environment, and you found a wonderful place where you were getting to use your communication skills to support the growth and development of companies and other people, which is awesome. The goal was not to, you know, rise through the ranks as fast as you could or get into a more senior leadership position. You really just wanted to focus on supporting the company. Tell me more about that and what else was going on that, you know, that felt right. I really liked doing the work, in all honesty. <laughs> I I didn't necessarily want to do the the overhead work, but I liked interacting with the media and I liked writing press releases or talking to my clients' customers and writing case studies from that. At the time, that was really it it felt meaningful to me to focus on that as opposed to doing some of I guess what I would call the overhead. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in the management of the teams or the people or the clients even um, and whatnot. And that, that's just a great perspective that it's not always about getting to the next level. Right. If you love the work, love the work. That's it. That's good enough as it is. Right. Yep. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing wrong with loving the work that you do. 
right? In yes. the event that you don't love the work, then you make a change just like you did in the broadcast space and getting into this PR agency, which is awesome. And that's a huge transition. Okay, so nine years in this PR agency. And was that about the time that then the family started to come into the picture? Uh, so I had my first daughter about six years in. And then I had a, another daughter after that. And then I transitioned into a freelance role. I wanted to work in a freelance capacity for various companies and and have some greater control over my time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did you find the transition from being full-time inside of a PR agency where you love the work to then solving for more control of your time and your environment and spending more time with your daughters and your family? What was the transition between those two like? Was that a smooth thing? Was it hard? What happened? In some ways, it was a smooth transition because uh, I I had cut my role back at the PR agency. After I had my first daughter, I cut back to four days a week. And after I had my second daughter, I cut back to three days a week. Uh, so I, I was used to working part-time. But what I did find it about working in a freelance capacity is that it actually became harder for me to delineate the time between family life and work life because my work was at home and it was it was harder for me to manage expectations because the people that I was working with they didn't have the same schedule as me <laughs> and and they had immediate demands so I did find myself working a lot at night, or even when my kids were home, you know, trying to sneak in some work. And it, it was very hard. And my husband and I had many discussions about, uh, you need to put the computer away. <laughs> wow. Hmm. That, and and how did that make you feel where you were carrying on the work that you love to do, but now in a totally different environment, and all of a sudden it takes on a different level of a different level of your life, period. And you're having these discussions like, how did you feel in that moment? Like, did I make the right decision? Do I need to go back? Do, what do I do? I felt very conflicted about it because on the one hand, I, I loved working in a freelance capacity uh, because it did give me more control over who I worked with. It did give me flexibility in when I worked. But on the other hand, yes, it it did uh, blur those lines between family life and home life. So there were definitely pluses and minuses to it. Ultimately, though, when I decided to join Dimensional Insight, uh, a couple of my friends who I used to work with at the PR agency, they had gone on to other roles in a company and they had a manager there who then went to work at Dimensional Insight and they said, hey, he's hiring for a part-time person. Uh, are you interested? And at the time I said, no, I really enjoy freelancing. I I don't want to do that. And then I thought about it a little bit and I thought, well, it would be very nice to have a steady paycheck. <laughs> yeah. That's always the, 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 the different sides, right? Yes. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it would be nice to you know, not have to keep the computer on at night. So there were definitely positive aspects to it. So eventually I said, yes, I'll go talk to him, not really having any expectations. 
But when I went in there to interview, I just felt like this is this is the right place for me. So I ultimately decided to make that transition and go work for Dimensional Insight in a part-time capacity. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. The B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. Head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you've always wanted to be. Now let's get back to the interview. When you transition back into dimensional insight uh, from the freelancing and, and whatnot, you know, was that a seamless transition from because you were doing freelancing before and you had been working all throughout, but now you were back in this environment similar to what you had before at the PR agency, you know, how was it coming back into that world? It was actually very nice, I think, working with people again <laughs> in in a face-to-face capacity and, you know, not just over the phone and over the computer. So I certainly enjoyed that. And I do think that continuing to work freelance, uh, I did keep up with things like social media, my business writing. I, I kept doing that throughout. So in, in that sense, yes, I think it was pretty seamless. But, you know, on the other hand, there were new things to get used to. <laughs> I I had never used WordPress before, and all of a sudden, it was a big part of my role. (laughs) Yep. Fascinating. All right. So within Dimensional Insight, and there was a period of time where you were part-time, and then you became full-time. What was that the result of, going back to the full-time role? Well, there was a lot of decisions that my family made in terms of work and my husband, he he actually went from a full-time role at work to working freelance, and I went from a part-time role to a full-time role. So, ah, clean swap. Yes, we did swap, <laughs> and I think it was actually the best decision that we could have made um, because I think that my husband is wonderful at managing the household tasks, and he does a great job in his work. And I found that I really enjoyed my work, and I was not so good at preparing the school lunches every day and getting the kids off to school. So we sort of fell into our natural roles, I think, instead of maybe the expected roles that we were supposed to have. That's awesome. I love that. You found what worked for you based on experimentation and you had both been on the other side, right? And and that's just uh, just wonderful. I just love that when life when the life you design is the one that you live, right? And that sounds very much like you guys said, this is, we need to make some change. This is probably going to be a good change. Let's experiment with it. And it's worked and that's wonderful. I'm curious for your advice in like kind of two different angles. One is advice to other women leaders who are in the workforce and considering either taking time off to spend more time with their kids, perhaps even go freelance. And what advice you would share with them after having been through the whole roller coaster of full-time to part-time to freelance to part-time to full-time. 
And then the second one is going to be the advice on the people who are in the organization, whether men or women, what advice you would share with them for how to look at and how to just appreciate what somebody else has gone through, because you've been through both sides of this now. Yes. For women who are considering taking time off, I think one of the things that helped me a lot was continuing to work in some capacity. And I don't want to say I would recommend that for everyone. That's what worked for me. But what I would recommend is continuing to invest in relationships, even if you are home in a full-time capacity. And that doesn't necessarily mean working, but it could mean being active on social media. It could mean having a personal blog. It could mean getting together with former co-workers every once in a while for coffee or for drinks. And I think those are all good things, not even if you're looking to go back to work, but just good personal things to invest in anyway. But I do think that continuing to focus on relationships and, and not just isolating yourself, if you do decide to go back into the work world, I mean, it, relationships is how I got my job at Dimensional Insight. It, relationships is how I got many of the freelance roles that I had. So it's important to continue to invest in some of that. Love it. Love it. Awesome. That is fantastic advice. And how about for the people who are working with the people who are either, you know, have left for a period of time and whether they stayed involved in any form or fashion or not and are coming back into the workforce? And what advice would you share with them, that audience, either male or female, but just how to appreciate and how to how to show up in a way that's, you know, genuine and caring, knowing that they haven't been doing the exact same thing that you've been doing for the last X number of years? Well, I would say one thing that I think is important is that I would hope that we can get to a place where it's okay for both men and women to take time away. I think right now it is more acceptable for women to take time away from the workforce, but we really need to support all kinds of families in order to make progress. And then I guess the other thing that I would recommend is just to give people some grace. <laughs> when they are coming back to the workforce, things change. I mean, I remember in 2008, I had my second daughter and I came back from my maternity leave in early 2009. And from the time that I left until the time I came back, which was three or four months, Twitter exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember coming back and what is this Twitter thing that everyone is talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and and just having to, you know, get informed about it. And so if people take longer periods of time off, obviously things will have changed between the time when they left the workforce and when they come back. So, you know, my advice uh, for leaders would just be to to support their employees and to recognize that maybe things have changed and figure out the best way to get them up to speed. Wonderful. Just awesome advice. And, you know, everybody listening to this podcast is either, you know, has been in a similar position, is going to be, or is experiencing it now. So incredible advice. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. So let's talk now a little bit about your VP role and the team that you lead. 
and would love to know your thoughts on, you know, the type of environments that you create. And, you know, just let's pull some pieces out of this of, you know, you've been through a lot of experiences extreme, as we talked about before. So what is the type of environment? How do you think about the environment for your team in order to produce the highest level output that you guys can? Well, so I have a team right now of uh, five people in the marketing department. I hope to create a really supportive environment from them. I also strive to create an environment where they feel comfortable but can also do their best work day in and day out. We're just starting to get back into the office a little bit. So we're back in a hybrid capacity. What I'm thinking about moving forward is, you know, how do we... How do we keep up relationships uh, in both a virtual environment and in an in-person environment? Having regular team meetings without being meetinged to death, <laughs> I think is important. But also, uh, you know, having having one-on-one meetings with each of my employees. I do that every week to make sure that they feel comfortable coming to me with any questions or any concerns or ideas that maybe they might not be comfortable discussing in the wider group. Yeah. Good. Oh, that's, oh, that's wonderful. How about on the, an environment where they are able to do their best work day in and day out? What are some of the, you know, key strategies that you employ when thinking about how to enable that for the individuals on your team? Well, you know, when it comes to leadership, I think that managing the work every day is kind of the easy part of leadership. (laughs) And it's managing the people, I think, is the harder part. (laughs) And so when I think about managing or, or leading, I really think about how can I listen to my employees and really understand where they're coming from? That guides my interactions with people, you know, making sure that they know that they have a voice, that they are being heard, that they are being understood. I think that's the most important part of having them produce their best work. It's that having them feel as though they're a part of the team and that they can contribute. Yeah. Them knowing that they have a voice, that they feel heard, they feel understood. I mean, it's conceptually, you know, so simple, but in the grand scheme of leadership in our professional world, particularly in the B2B and heavily in the SaaS space, it's oftentimes a big challenge just to extend that level of of comfort, right? Which is just, I hear you. I understand you. I see you. I I validate, or I don't validate, I I honor who you are as a person. I get, I want to get to know you. And it's always fascinating to me that, you know, some of the most answers to some of the most complex problems about how do we produce the greatest output from our teams come down to conceptually simple answers, which is treat them as human beings. Yes. Adding to that, though, I think that it's important, too, that people can explore. I think it's important that they can fail. You know, we we need to let them fail and uh, not be a jerk about it. <laughs> because it, if they fail and you're a jerk about it, then they're just never going to try anything new. But if you fail, then I think it's really about, okay, so what's the lesson that we learn from this? And how can we change it so that we can do it differently next time? 
and and supporting them through that instead of making them feel like a failure. I think that's important too. I agree 100%. There's a lot of culture stuff around fail fast and all that good stuff. And it's championed all over the place. But to do it really well takes skill from a leadership perspective, just like you said there, right? That if you are going through this, it's not just about the failure, right? But it's about the learning that comes from it and the support of them helping that individual or that group of people, whoever it was, to take the learning out of it and feel supported the whole way through so that they want to do it again. Because that's ultimately what we're after. After we fail a certain number of times, we'll figure out something that's right. And well, well said. All right, Kathy, so last question here. Let's say that you could go back in time and you know everything you know today and you could sit down with your younger self. We're going to go all the way back to that uh, point at which you requested to go to your friend's wedding, at which point it was denied by your boss in the TV station at the time. So long, long ago. So if you were going to sit down with your younger self at that point in time, knowing everything you know today, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's a big question, I know. (laughs) Yeah. I think I would say you will learn from this. (laughs) Great advice. And you did. (laughs) I I did learn from it. I, I might also say... Call in sick and go to the wedding anyway. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Some things it, it, some things are not worth missing, right? Correct. That's awesome. Wonderful advice. All right, Kathy. Well, it's been a blast hanging with you today. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your journey and how you got to this VP of marketing role inside of Dimensional Insight. Wonderful company. Love what you and your team are doing. Thanks so much for spending some time and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd welcome you to subscribe and give the show a five-star review. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at b2bleadershippodcast.com. As always, I'm Nils Vinya, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Take care and have a great rest of your day. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. And the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be.